Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 and a chance to win a million bucks. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, ring the bell on what should be a very entertaining fight weekend in terms of the 154-pound undisputed championship. All four world title belts are on the line. Jermel Charlo, Brian Castaño, scheduled 12-rounder. San Antonio, the Alamo City, the Riverwalk. They're back in San Antonio at the home of the Spurs, the AT&T Center, for that huge showdown, Saturday night, Showtime Boxing, PBC. We're looking forward to talking lots about it right here on this very program. I am the somewhat competent, somewhat capable, somewhat rested host of the program. I have enlisted great help. Momentarily, you will hear from senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com, Mr. Marquise Johns, shuttleboxing over in the red corner. In the blue corner, also joining me shortly from NewYorkFights.com. Going to be great to welcome back Abe Gonzalez, Abraham Abe Gonzalez. He's Abe to us. Uh, well, at least we are being presumptuous that he's Abe to us. Abe is back here on the podcast in, and ready to impart some wisdom about this Charlo Castaño fight. We're going to talk Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder mess, first of all, before we get to the fight this weekend with Marquise and with Abe momentarily. Let me remind you that however you found this podcast – via a social media link. If you found us through the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows or sportsgamblingpodcast.com, what do you need to do? Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe. Big Fight Weekend automatically dings on your device, usually Friday morning in the preview mode. If you are subscribed, you don't have to wait for any of the other social media links or any of that stuff. You get us automatically if you subscribe. And again, if the fights are big enough, if the news is big enough, we will come back off the weekend, recap podcast, et cetera. If you are subscribed, the podcast automatically shows up on your device. You'll get the ding. You'll get the notification. But again, typically we're here 
Friday mornings, headed into Friday night and the weekend, previewing the fights. All right, I have done all I can do to promote. Let's bring them in. Let's say, first of all, hello to Marquise Johns, fresh off of trying to catch home run balls in the home run derby on Monday night in Denver in the outfield. Didn't I see you with a glove trying to check down like a Shohei Otani or a Pete Alonzo home run out in Denver? Week Sauce Radio, how you doing? Pretty good, TJ. And thank goodness the All-Star Weekend is over because if not, Pete Alonso would still be hitting home runs in the home run derby. That guy was unconscious on Monday. Dear so Lord. So you were not, you want to confirm, you were not out there in the outfield with uh, all of those kids and other people trying to catch uh, outs instead of home runs, right? That was not you. I did not correctly see you. No, if I want to get trampled by kids in the outfield, I'll, I'll just go to your neighborhood Little League Park and I'll go from there. There's no there we go. getting out there. <laughs> so he's in the Mile High City. He's ready to talk some boxing. And here he is. I love the insight from NewYorkFights.com. Abraham Gonzalez back with us. I don't know if he was a power hitter, left-handed, right-handed, uh, switch-hitting power hitter or not back in the day. But Abe is aboard on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. How you feeling, sir? Gentlemen, how you doing? Uh, thank you for having me back once again. Love doing this, man. Appreciate it. All right. So we've got lots to mix up and get to. I promise Jermel Charlo, Brian Castaño is going to be a big topic. It's the main reason why we've got Abe on. Abe's got an interesting theory, too, that if Charlo goes undisputed, who his biggest opponent of 2022 might end up being. He's been saying that to us before <laughs> and is still sticking to it. So stand by lots on that. We cannot. We cannot, a third time, we cannot begin this podcast without talking about the latest in the mess with Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, and the postponement of the fight scheduled for next weekend, originally now, July 24th. It has now been confirmed and rescheduled for October 9th, since last we were up on the podcast. All right, we wrote about this as the podcast is being released, that they've, that they've officially announced the reschedule. But here's the thing. Tyson Fury is out in public midweek in Las Vegas without a mask on, uh, allegedly supposed to be quarantining with the COVID-19 virus, and there he is out in public. So I have some things to say, but guests first. Marquise, you and then Abe. Marquise, your reaction to what is only fueling speculation that there was more going on than him just being COVID-19 positive with this fight getting moved. Go ahead, Marquise. It's got to be TJ because if he's outside, you know, doing headshots for a COVID Chevrolet or wherever the hell that dealership is in Las Vegas, uh, in other random shenanigans, it makes you wonder a little bit, guys. He didn't want this fight to begin with, I'm convinced. And, and more and more, they keep pushing it back. It's being pushed back now to October. I, I, I just think we're just delaying the inevitable here, guys, where this is one of those things where it's like, hey, if we set it and forget it, like those Ronco knives and stuff, then maybe it'll just go away. But unfortunately, this is the heavyweight division in boxing, guys. So we're going to have to come up with something real quick and a little more responsible than what's been going on with all of this. And it, the whole process of this whole thing has just been bizarre, where it's like we haven't heard anything from Sherry. We got generic press release really statements. We've heard the cancellation first. We heard the cancellation through a for all 15 people who saw the Manny Pacquiao press conference this past weekend. I mean, what are we doing here, guys? It's, it's, it's a mess. Abe, uh, all right, speak your piece here because, uh, again, we haven't heard from you on the podcast about this. And there was, there was Fury seemingly fine the week before the fight out in public. What do you make of the mess and the postponement? Um, it's, it's interesting, right? And, and I saw, saw some guys that are some really heavy – ticket buyers when it comes to these events and they were they were posting you know uh, maps of the venue showing a, a lot of empty seats 
Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of empty seats. People weren't really buying tickets like that. Um, so you have that. Then you have the fact that Tyson Fury kind of dances to the beat of his own drum. If he's not feeling it, then he's not feeling it. And everyone else just has to, you know, kind of go along with what he's doing. And he might just not been feeling it. And maybe he's got other stuff. Uh, you know, SummerSlam is happening in August. So um, we may see Tyson Fury in SummerSlam in August. Uh, I would not be surprised at that, especially since it's going to be in Vegas. So, yeah, but here's, here's where I come down. And I came down hard last week, and I'm doubling down on this. This is idiot Hall of Fame stuff. It was irresponsible in the first place for him to not be vaccinated. Okay, if you're not going to be vaccinated, then you got to be testing the people around you so this doesn't happen. But you're only, again, to use the phrase, fueling speculation that there were other motives, lack of ticket sales, or maybe he wasn't really in good shape, wasn't really focused and realized, I have a really good chance of losing. But all of that uh, is not completely up to you to just sabotage the July 24th date without any repercussions here. What I said last week still stands. The guy is a clown. And if what Marquise is hinting at is that the clown has no intention of even fighting in October, then maybe we ought to save the trouble and go ahead and strip him of the belt and let Deontay Wilder fight somebody else and let Tyson Fury figure out if it's going to be another year or two, like before with Klitschko, et cetera, et cetera. Thoughts, boys, Marquise, thoughts on that? Yeah, TJ, it's one of those things where at some point the sanctioning body is going to actually have to do some work around here. I mean, even the WBA told Manny Pacquiao no. So at some point, Marcio and the fine folks at the WBC, when they're not making bridge weight interim titles, has to step in in this division and do some work here. And it's 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 really interesting, guys, with this whole thing shaking down like this, where it's like we we've been hearing for years, you know, the return of the heavyweight division, everything's coming back, all of this, and. We still only have Anthony Joshua and Kubat pull up the show for it, guys. It's like, what are we doing here? Okay, maybe if you feel frisky, because Gail Falkenfall yelled at me about this the other day. Uh, okay, we throw in Angela Louise and Gary if you feel frisky enough. But at the end of the day, that's two fights and there's five hundred weights. We need more than this. <laughs> not not only that, but you know, we're talking about you know Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, right? Like that's the mega fight that we want to see. Uh -huh. um, but the way this is going, we're, we're not going to see that anytime soon. And to be honest with you, I would not be surprised if between now and October, there's a injury that happens. And I use them air quotes that there's an injury mm -hmm. and they push this fight even further back. Um, I don't, I'm not so sure that it happens in October. But I think, I mean, at this point, you got to protect Deontay Wilder because the judge, the arbitrator already enforced all of this. And if Tyson Fury doesn't have interest in fighting him again, just strip him. You're no longer the heavyweight champion of anything. Lineal, uh, nuclear, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, pay, pay $19.95 for the Ginsu steak knives like Marquise. Uh, put out there, and Deontay Wilder is going to fight somebody else, whether it's Dillian White or whomever, and that's going to be the WBC heavyweight championship fight again because you're being unfair to him at this point for how long this has gone on. So in any event, uh, the last chapters are not written here. It is interesting because in talking with a couple of people that Marquise and I have become acquainted with in and around and doing this, talking to Vegas people, they were concerned that the lack of Brits being able to fly in July 
with the whole no-fly thing and the COVID-19 and the travel ban was affecting some of the ticket sales and the interest, and that was another possible reason why this suddenly has a COVID problem and can't come off. But I don't know that that's going to be any better in October. Who can predict the future right now on, on the travel ban and how many of them can, can come this way? So I don't know. All right, so one more time around the room, just so that we, we have fun and get on the record in July. Marquise, Fury Wilder 3, happening or not happening in October, prediction. Not at all, TJ. Uh, once we find wow. out Fury's on this plane back to back to England at some point next week, I don't think he's coming back the rest of the year, guys, because they're not going to be the way things are shaking down. I, don't, I just don't see it happening. <laughs> Abe, prediction? I'm going to say minus 500 that it does not happen. Wow. <laughs> you guys, man, you're ruining like my evening here <laughs> that I wanted this fight. And I'm am I going to get Deontay Wilder, Dillian White instead? Eventually, at the end of the rainbow here, like in January or February, you got to be kidding me. No, we're going to the, we're going to get. I, I, I'm convinced, honestly, teach that the WBC is on a mission to troll Dillian White for as long as he's in the rankings. I'm I'm convinced that we're <laughs> going be to somebody get somebody else. I'm thinking, yeah, we're getting somebody else. I'm thinking we're getting the, the great Charles Martin or or whatever, oh. whatever Oscar Rivas or whatever's in the the ranking list at this point. It's not what we want, but it's going to be whatever right. it is. <laughs> okay, so enough on that subject. Let's get to the uh, the main course, which is the Showtime PBC main event, undisputed uh, four belt world welterweight, a uh, world junior middleweight championship fight, 154 pounds, um, with Jermel Charlo defending his three titles against WBO champion Brian Castaño. Undisputed title. We love these. We got one of these with Josh Taylor beating Jose Ramirez back about 60 days ago in Las Vegas for the junior welterweight four belts and the undisputed championship. Now we have it this weekend. Abe to you first is as our guest, this, this is the biggest fight for the remainder of the month, anywhere, anywhere on this continent, the UK or whatever. How excited are you? And what do you think about this as we head to the weekend? I absolutely love this fight. This is an undisputed crown. I don't understand why everyone is not as excited and as enthusiastic as us three are. This is a huge fight. We're talking about undisputed junior middleweight title fight. You have Jamel Charlo, you know, that has the ring magazine and the, the, the three belts. And then you got Castaño, who has the WBO. This is, uh, you know, styles make fights. Castaño is built like a tank. He's short, but stocky. Jamel Chalo, you know, he's going to come in, you know, head hunting. And, and it's just, it's it, the styles make fights. They're made for each other. It's going to be, it's going to be bombs away. Uh, I just love this fight, but, you know, we can get into it more in a little bit. Yeah, and sure, we can get into it with you right now. Marquise and okay. I are going to spend a lot of time on it as we go along. And we want more of your analysis uh, here right away uh, let's just come at it from uh the tactical the strategic we know jamel charlo big puncher we know brian castaño very dominant uh with volume punching beating patrick Teixeira and taking the wbo belt from him the last time out abe what do you believe tactically strategically this fight will come down to a key or two for castaño it's going to be important that he pushes back Jamel Charlo, you know, is real physical with him, is in his chest, uh, is pounding the body, is smart with how he positions his, himself when, uh, when he is uh, about to receive the punches. If he can do that, um, I think that Jamel Charlo will have a hard time fighting backwards. 
and um, and won't you know won't be as effective as as he normally is. You know, with Jamel Charlo, he cannot he cannot do what he did with the first Harrison fight, uh, Tony Harrison fight, and just head hunt. Uh, one thing I mentioned to him, and you know, he uh, after the second fight, and uh, Jamel Charlo kind of you know uh, he he didn't like that I brought it up, but I mentioned to him on the post fight that. He, he did not, he, he stood away from hitting the body on Tony Harrison on the first fight, which costed him the fight. On the second fight, if you watch it, he's specifically uh, focused on that body punch, on those body punches. And even Tony Harrison told me, hey, you know, when he hit me with that first body punch, I was like, ouch, that really hurt. And he told me that specifically. So because he made that switch, he was, he was able to, to land those big bombs to the head later on, and he was able to, to capture the title again. Now, with Castaño, he's going to have to do that. He's going to have to break down Castaño. Castaño's built like a tank. I don't think that just going to the head is going to be uh, the way he wins this fight. I don't, I don't think he's going to win by knockout either. I, I think that this fight goes 12 rounds. Interesting. Um, Jamel Charlo wins, but it's going to be tough. I think Castaño is going to be in his chest all night, and, and he's going to force the action. It's going to be interesting to see if Jamel Charlo can – fight going backwards or reposition himself to where he's in the best place to land those big bombs. That's the voice of Abe Gonzalez, Abraham Gonzalez. You find him on social media at Abe G seven, one, eight, Abe G seven, one, eight on Twitter. You also find him at New York fights.com nyfights.com. Michael Woods' side, he and Woodsy uh, and all the other writers that are there that chop it up. We love uh, his insight. Uh, yeah, Marquise, what do you make? I know you and I are going to talk much more about strategy and our predictions, but what, what do you make there of Abe's point that Charlo to the body is one thing to watch, not just early, but as this fight wears on, is he trying it? Is he sticking with it? How big of a key do you think that is Marquise? No, but TJ, that is the key. And Abe's right on this. It, it, I'm going to point you guys to the last fight uh, Jamil had against uh, Jailson Rosario. That body shot to end that fight is still one of the wickedest things I've ever seen. And, I, and thankfully, uh, Rosario's okay, I think. I mean, he hasn't recovered uh, recently from it after facing Lubin either. But, man, he it, it's, it's, it's one of those shots where if, if, it's a, if it's a dedicated attack to the body, as Abe mentioned. I, I also don't think this fight goes the distance, however, though. I think this fight, one way or another, I, I think Jamel – Runs into one and he catches Castaño with something, and this is ending like somewhere like the six or six, seven, eight, eight round. Personally, Marquise on the record already that he thinks it will be a uh, a KO. Uh, we'll talk more about that. He and I a little later on here in the podcast on the prediction yeah. part of it, and we'll look at the odds, etc. For our buddies at SportsGamblingPodcast.com. Couple more for Abe here on this. Um, you have had the belief. You have shared with us that if Jermel Charlo gets to undisputed status and if Terrence Crawford becomes a free agent, which it appears that he is about to be, uh, if he will have one more fight, it looks like, for top rank by October or in October, and then his deal is up. You have, you have been uh, playing the trumpet for Crawford moves up to 154 and fights Jermel Charlo. And we bow to you if that is, in fact, what is going to transpire. <laughs> but this is a big step in that. If Jermel wins this and has all the belts, that is a massively interesting fight. And how much more do you believe now, Abe, that that can become a reality in 2022? Man, I really believe that because he's the WBO champ. 
And so what happens is if you're the WBO champ and you want to go up to 154, you get the first crack. And so if he truly wants that fight and wants that uh, undisputed being uh, undisputed twice in two different weight classes, that's a big deal. That's a bigger accomplishment than fighting Spence, to be honest with you. Uh, And so I think that that is there for him. However, with this Bob Arum pushing the narrative of him going to overseas and fighting Josh Taylor in the spring, that might end up derailing those plans. I still believe, though, that that happens. If not, then we get Crawford versus Spence at 154 sometime in 2022. Interesting. And Spence obviously has the large one with Pacquiao uh, that is coming here. And who knows if he and Crawford are ever going to fight or not at welterweight or otherwise. And again, for Jamel Charlo, the argument would be who else is there at 154? There's a lot of talk that he might move up. Uh, Marquise, the way that I will put it to you, Abe's had that theory out there. Do you believe that Charlo waits around Crawford willing to make a deal with PBC would be more interested in making that fight with Jermel Charlo as undisputed champion. I mean, I know we're giving, we're giving him the four belt win Saturday night already, but under that assumption, do you believe that this is really realistic here? Crawford and Jermel Charlo at 154, or is it more likely that Jermel looks to move up and Jermall moves up from middleweight trying to chase the Canelo Alvarez fairy tale? You know what? I, I, I'm actually willing to wait and see to see if Jamel, Jamal Walt moves up, actually, because I really do believe that's going to happen and it's going to start a chain reaction out of all of this. If, if Charlo wins this weekend, I do think he moves up personally because I don't think he wants to hang around to, to uh, because at this point, if, if, if Cropper's there for him, outside of Cropper, wait, wait, we're getting Tony Harrison three. I mean, there's Erickson Lubin two. I mean, I don't think Charlo wants these fights. So I think he moves up after if, if it's not Cropper. Tim that, Zhu, Tim Zhu might be interesting from Australia, but he, we've talked last week on the podcast and we've done frequently on the podcast and writing this. He's going to have to come out of Australia. Jermel Charlo is yeah. not going to Australia to fight him. That would be interesting uh, as a contender, not as interesting as Crawford moving up. If that is the case, one more for a, before he departs, as we roll along on the big fight weekend podcast, this, I mean, I know it's the junior middleweight division, but I mean, we, we have great affection Marquise and I for Winky Wright. Winky Wright had all of the belts uh, back in the day in the junior middleweight uh, division. When you look at the likes of Oscar De La Hoya, uh, Floyd Mayweather that have been junior middleweight world champion, you know, maybe, maybe weren't undisputed champion, but then you go all the way back to fighters like Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, and Thomas Hearns that were all junior middleweight world champions. If Jermel can get this win, that is some elite company to be mentioned with, especially as an undisputed 154-pound champion in terms of legacy. Right, Abraham? Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. And you know what? As as Birdman once said, you have to put some respect on his name, and that's what a K. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this guy would have earned everyone's respect in the sense of top ten pound for pound, all of those things. You have to give it to him. He's going to demand it. You have to give it to him if he does that. All right. So we'll see if that is the case. Abe, uh, go ahead and plug away for NewYorkFights.com, what you are working on, what you are up to. We, we always love your insight. Tell the fans more about what they can read about you and what else you got going on. Yeah, so I recently did a couple of pieces. I did one on Coach Joe Higgins uh, that is now training uh, the Marine Corps amateur boxing team in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, where I'm stationed at. 
Nice. So that one is out there. Uh, I did one on uh, a check-in on Michael Kofi uh, for the 4th of July. He's got a big fight coming up against um, the, the Navy Gerald vet. Washington. Uh, Earl Washington. Gerald Washington. Yep. And then, um, and then I have a call with uh, Jose Uzcatagi here in about 20 minutes. So I'm going <laughs> to do a, a feature with him and, uh, and kind of see how that's going. Uh, but I wanted to drop one real quick on you guys. Yes. Uh, All right. You know, you know, we're just kind of kind of going here, but the tail female situation. Yes. Okay. Now I, I know that this wasn't one of the topics that you know, we discussed, but I feel like sure. there's, some, there's something there. Yeah. So I don't believe that the tail female fight with Cambosas happens at all. This was something that I, I kind of already had a feeling that it's not going to happen at all. We're going to get Lopez Loma next. We're going to get that. But keep in mind the dark horse in this whole situation. And that's Ryan Garcia. Because if Cambosas doesn't fight Teofimo Lopez and Oscar De La Hoya has those golden boy dates on Triller that he has contracted, look for Ryan versus Cambosas for the vacant IBF title. This man is calling Boom. his shot right here. I like that. <laughs> hmm. um, I, I, we put this out there uh, through social media. Had, didn't really write about it. And I don't know that I actually talked about it on the podcast. But if you're Triller and the Triller app and the Triller Fight Club, and you have drastically overpaid, which we now know, for the Teofimo Lopez-George Cambosis fight by more than double what anybody else offered, and further, the fight has now been delayed a couple of times, including the most recent time because Teofimo Lopez, not unlike Tyson Fury, the undisputed lightweight champion, doesn't take precautions, isn't vaccinated, doesn't have vaccination people around him or at least COVID testing around him. And you get the fight postponed. If you're Triller and you want out of the fight, and Marquise is smiling because he knows where this is going, mm -hmm. and you want out of the fight, and you, and you don't want to have to pay Teofimo Lopez or Cambosis and you want the contract to be off, what might you do? You might suggest, okay, Teofimo, you got to come to Australia, speaking of come to Australia, to fight Cambosis because we say so and we're paying you the $3.5 million. And then we wait for like Hulk Hogan hand of the year because I know it's an audio podcast, the Hulkster hand of the year. Oh, wait a minute. What is that? You don't want to come to Australia? Okay, wipe the hands. Now we don't have to pay you three and a half million and we can do something else with someone else with that money. I'm just sliding that out there that it was to me, it was a rather obvious public chess move by Triller here. How do we get out of this? How do we get extracted out of this situation? We make Teofimo Lopez quit and give up the, the quest to get the money from us now that the fight's postponed, by saying, hey, you got to come to Australia to have the fight. Abe, you're buying my conspiracy theory. Oh, I'm giving you one better. I know somebody that lives in Australia, and they, and they are already passing over there that uh, they're looking to do another lockdown in Australia. Ooh. Well, right. We've so, seen that in, recent, in the last recent couple of weeks. So, you, so theoretically, you couldn't have this with people from the United States, et cetera, trying to come in. Because by lockdown, you would mean if they come in, they're going into a 10-day, 14-day automatic quarantine where you stay in a hotel room. You're not training somewhere else. And who's going to do that in the, in the boxing world and no in a training camp? No. <laughs> yeah, who's doing that? So stay tuned. Again, Abe's prediction is it ends up Ryan Garcia fighting Cambosis. But, but of course, Marquise, we know this. 
everybody wants a Ryan Garcia fight and Ryan Garcia, you know, wants a fight with Tank Davis and wants a fight with Manny Pacquiao. Everybody's chasing that golden goose right now, Garcia. You know what they are, TJ? But it's one of those things that makes a lot more sense if you figure figure out since since Ryan Garcia, you know, with, with his mental illness or whatever reason, he got out of that Javier Fortuna fight, needs a fight now. I mean, he's going to sit and ram about Tank Davis to the, to the heavens. That fight's not happening this year. So why not Cambosis for this random IBF belt? I mean, guys, at the end of the day, we're talking about an IBF mandatory here. I mean, these belts are found in garbage cans all over the place. I mean, I have not heard one thing about Kid Galahad and Jazzy Dickens, too, that's supposed to take place at the end of the month. And that's just waiting for the taking, as you all know. So sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that, that play out. there. That makes a lot more sense. I'm thinking at scale, the end of the day. All right, wait a minute. Scale of one to ten. Lopez, Cambosis, 10, it absolutely happens. One, no shot that it happens. Marquise, your number? I'm going with two at this point because I think Lopez, Loma happens at this point. And Abe sounds like he might be a two or a three at, or a one. What are you? I'm at, I'm at a two. I'm at a two. We, we get Lopez, Loma at the at Madison Square Garden before anything. How about that? Yeah. All right. And again, this man writing all about it, NewYorkFights.com. Follow him Abe G seven one eight on Twitter for Abe Gonzalez, Abraham Gonzalez. Thank you for hanging with us on the big fight weekend podcast, mixing it up. As we've talked about all things, Fury Wilder, the Jermel Charlo, Brian Castaño fight this weekend, even a little lightweight uh, picture and what might happen there. Abe, thank you. We appreciate you hanging with us. Thank you guys. Thank you for having me again. There he goes. We thank Abe Gonzalez one more time for being with us. We've got more on the way about the Charlo Castaño undisputed junior middleweight world championship fight in San Antonio still to come. Marquise Johns is going to hang with me. We'll even go over the gambling odds and much more as we roll on. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet, bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports, and games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today. You'll receive a special offer for up to $500 risk-free on a sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. And download the app today. Again, that's wynnbet.com. And we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on the NBA championship and the Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. If you see a ticket you like but think the price is too high, submit a bid for the price that you think is fair and then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of the button and PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket should be worth. Last week, a PropSwap customer sold a $500 40-to-1 Phoenix Suns championship ticket for $16,000 after the Suns went up 2-0 in the finals. That's a 30 times return for the seller and adjusted odds of minus 400 for the buyer when every sports book in the country has the Suns at least minus 500 to win the series at that point. That's how it works. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Kind of think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use our promo code SGP and your first deposit is for up to $500 in bonus cash. $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. That's PropSwap. 
And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend now. Here's your host, TJ Reeves. Indeed, we are back in once more here on the only stop you need in terms of boxing for whatever is going on, not just in the U.S. I mean, we should make mention that we recap, preview, talk about whatever's going on in the U.K. or in Europe, whatever's going on in Australia, the Far East, not just uh, in the U.S. We write about it on BigFightWeekend.com and we talk as much as we can, including in the historical perspective, uh, about it here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Marquise John, senior writer, Big Fight Weekend podcast, back in uh, with me here. We did, uh, we love the insight of Abe Gonzalez and check out all of his work again at uh, NewYorkFights.com, NYFights.com. And there are fights coming back to New York really for the first time uh, since the COVID 19 shutdown, the subsequent pandemic, and not being able to have fans last fall, uh, this winter. They're all going to bring some fights back into the New York market over the course of the next few weeks, few months. So that's good to, to ramp things back up in what has traditionally been one of the iconic places, not just the garden, but in New York, New York city surrounding in the New York city area, Atlantic city, et cetera. It has not been the same to not have uh, the Northeast, the NYC involved Marquise. I know you share that with me. Absolutely. TJ. And thankfully, uh, Fred Kersey, the fine folks at Triller, they're having this uh, their, their versus series kickoff at, at the Hulu portion of the Madison Square Garden next month in August. And I, I was skeptical at first, TJ, thinking, okay, another Triller fight announcement. Yeah, sure, whatever. But they have as part of it the rap battle of for versus of the Locks versus Dipset. And I am all in for that. And so is the rest <laughs> of New York City. Because TJ, this because TJ, let's be honest, TJ, Michael Hunter versus Mike White Delight Johnson. Uh, Mike White, yuck. But this rap battle. Right. it's already so it's already so out the hulu feeder by the way tj well, so and, that's let, what and let's let's get back to what we were talking about with abe gonzalez and i promise we'll get back into charlo castaño which is the biggest fight undisputed junior middleweight world championship fight showtime pbc saturday night san antonio texas we'll get to that in short order again we were already talking about it some with abe gonzalez but when he was mentioning about lopez cambosis and the whole thing this has this has become a soap opera and has sidetracked what Triller wanted to do with music and that fight. They had to cancel everything because Lopez got COVID-19. They don't know when they can put it back in. Again, in the case of Oscar De La Hoya, De La Hoya is going to fight allegedly on September the 14th in Las Vegas. There had been talk they would put the Lopez-Cambosis fight on that card together for the big interest with the music. And apparently that's not going to happen either for the Lopez fight, but the music component along with the De La Hoya exhibition with the former uh, MMA star Vitor Belfort is his name, a former light heavyweight uh, champion in UFC. Mm-hmm. That, that is what Triller's selling card is. That's why this whole thing about go to Australia for Lopez Cambosis. I am I'm just seeing right through that. That is a tactical, big-time chess move 
uh, aggressive move on, we're trying to get out of this fight completely. And we know that Teofimo, Teofimo will balk, will vacate the title and won't have the fight. And then we don't have to pay him. Uh, that, that, I'm, I'm coming back to that. Absolutely. Absolutely, TJ, and that's that's pretty much boxing strategy one on one. And I want to piggyback off that as well. Uh, Lopez's attorney uh, made uh, someone uh, fingers. I think Cobbinger tweeted this at some point during the day, so it's half. So it's got to be half true, right? Uh, one of the things that his attorney filed a letter for default in regards to the, the payments of all of this. So once you bounce <laughs> the payments, TJ, the fight bounces as well. So this is all but all but gone. To be honest well, with you. And, and again, if you're Triller, why are we advancing people money? before the fight and i don't know what the contract says but why are we advancing people money before the fight that hasn't happened yet then you get into the whole non-refundable thing while we digress for a second that's the manny pacquiao lawsuit with paradigm sports in la who says uh -huh. hey we gave you three plus million dollars to make a fight with us that we wanted with mikey garcia or whomever and so now there's a whole dispute on does he have to refund the three million back was the three million just a gift was it was it a down payment? Was it an advance? What was it? So you got to be careful on, on paying people in advance uh, on this in the, in the boxing world. All right. So enough about all of that in the, uh, in the soap opera and, uh, and the shenanigans from that. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm interested uh, too in, in all else that's going on, including in and around this uh, Charlo Castaño uh, showdown that's going to be happening PBC Showtime. Again, the Charlos are from Houston. This is in nearby San Antonio, about 90 minutes away. Obviously, Jermall Charlo won last month in June in his WBC middleweight championship defense in the hometown in Houston. All right, so the first thing I'm interested in is what have the ticket sales been like? Will there be a big atmosphere in the home of the San Antonio Spurs? Does the, does the Charlo bandwagon travel to the Alamo City or not here? Will there be 5,000? Will there be 10,000 there for Charlo and Kasai? We're interested to find all of this out, Marquis, Saturday night. Absolutely, TJ. The luck, the one saving grace about all of this is that they're they're, they're fight, having these fights back in San Antonio, and at this point, TJ, for especially with some of these PBC and Showtime cards, they've been pretty much regulars there at the Alamo Dome or wherever it's called this weekend. Uh, right. For the most part, they, they've had the Davis uh, fight last with Santa Cruz there. They had a couple other fights as well during Canelo's the year. Canelo's fight with Cal uh, with Callum Smith was also at the Alamo Dome in September. To your point. Yeah, so 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 low, low key, TJ San Antonio's became the uh, fight mecca of the of 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 Texas for 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 better or for worse than this whole pandemic, and it's it's, it's cool that they're having well, these fights in different locations. I know uh, the, the, you mentioned later on that the uh, Jake Paul Tyrone Woolley nonsense, but it's happening yes. in Cleveland. But despite the main event being uh, farcical, the, there's actual fighters on the actual undercard that we're looking out for, like Amanda Serrano and such. So I, I see the strategy at this point, TJ, is to bring back boxing in, in different places they haven't been in a while, and so far, it's working out, so I'm looking forward to seeing how it's going to look out on Saturday night. Hey, so before we get back into Charlo Castaño and the betting odds on SportsGamblingPodcast.com, since you mentioned it, Showtime yeah. did announce it will be a pay-per-view for Jake Paul and the former MMA star Tyron Woodley, who's a former welterweight champion. Uh, they met with the media this week. Cleveland, Ohio, the home of the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're going to all the NBA arenas. Yeah, uh, it's got a new name. It's what the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse now is what they call the downtown arena yeah. uh, in Cleveland. Of course, Jake Paul from Ohio. We, we purposely do not mention he and his knucklehead brother very much on this podcast or on the website, because, again, 
the, these guys to me have been pulling the scam have been pulling the con for the longest time. Uh, Jake Paul is again out there saying that he needs a few more fights to fight Canelo Alvarez. He's not getting anywhere near Canelo Alvarez. No. Not now, uh, not ever uh, on this. So anyway, they did announce that uh, you mentioned uh, Charles Conwell's on the undercard, Amanda yeah. Serrano. There will be some. Does it surprise you? I guess in the economic dynamic, they needed to be a pay-per-view where they're saying to Jake Paul in particular, if we get paid off the pay-per-view, you're going to get more money. And if not, you won't, as opposed to leaving it on regular showtime as a non-pay-per-view. What's your reaction? I'm just confused, TJ, why this is actually a pay-per-view, just only, only from the showtime angle of it, because at this point, at TJ, especially with boxing at this point, toward the, towards the back end of this year, how many pay-per-views are they going to make these fights be behind? They, they, they mentioned before, I mentioned at one point, I think we're on Big Fight Weekend, that Tank Davis wants to fight again. That's going to be on pay-per-view. Manny Pacquiao, Earl Spence, pay-per-view. Fury Wilder, pay-per-view. Lomachenko right. Lopez, part two, pay-per-view. Guys, I don't know what country these folks are living in, but this is too many pay-per-views so joshua Usyk, if it ever happens pay-per-view pay over in the view. uk and in the u.s on Diz- well it will be on DAZN in the u.s so, same thing but, with Canelo. Uh, well you know honestly i still remember the contractual hang-up that joshua's got one more fight that says sky sports and pay-per-view and yes. so it may end up on DAZN in the U.S., or it may have to be a pay-per-view offering. I guess it would be on DAZN in the U.S., but it would be pay-per-view in the U.K. And again, their pay-per-views are usually about half or a third in cost of what the U.S. ones are uh, for right now for the British fight fans. But uh, again, I mean, one of the things I was I was just struck by, and I promise we're getting back to Charlo Castaño in just a second in the uh, in the odds, is that here again, Jake Paul is fighting a non-boxer. And mm-hmm. he is significantly bigger than this guy. Yes. Uh, you, you saw them standing, uh, uh, you know, for the stare down. And he is at least two or three inches, three or four inches taller, at least 20 or 30 pounds heavier for this. And he's 15 years younger. So to those that are saying, uh, yeah, it's, it's one thing for the Pauls to, to get what they've gotten. They've conned it to this point. But this, again, looks like a size mismatch uh, here on purpose to, to kind of build him up. So it do, But it doesn't surprise me they're going the pay-per-view route because I can understand what Steven Espinoza, Showtime, and their economic uh, essential strategy is here, which is if this thing bombs, if this thing gets 50,000 pay-per-views because Jake Paul doesn't have the following that translates into buying it, then guess what, Jake? You're not, you're not making a guarantee two mil, three mil, four mil. You're going to get a, a percentage of whatever we take in. And if you don't do your part, I totally understand that, Marquise, one more time. Absolutely, TJ. And that's one of the things I'm trying to figure out with this whole strategy where it's like they're putting everything behind this paywall. At some point, someone's going to stop paying for these fights, TJ. Right. Well, either, either be this fight or the next one. I also want to mention as well, there's also Canelo fight down the way that's going to be on pay-per-view that's from somebody somewhere as well. Right. So it, it's, it's, it's interesting how they're setting it all up. I'm, I, I like the idea that they're at least they're making it a hometown fight. Granted, it's a, and once again, TJ, as I say to you all the time, favorable opposition because Tyrone <laughs> Willie Will, looked like me against Jake Paul. And Jake Paul, I think, walks around at 185 190 so it's not a good yeah but 
that that fight, that, that, those, those fights are what they are. And if they if they can keep up that charade, I don't know how long people are going to keep paying for the charade. But here very we are. true. And I believe it will run its course. I believe it already has with Logan Paul. I don't think there's yeah. going to be audience there for a future pay per view. And this may be it for Jake Paul too, because even if he wins and nobody buys it, it's not going to be a pay per view audience for a guy. Uh, until he is fighting legitimate boxers and doing well against them, there won't be a pay-per-view audience again, over and over and over again for him to fight, uh, you know, former basketball players like Nate Robinson, former amateur wrestlers like Ben Askren. I mean, there's just not going to be the market for that. We don't think. All right. So back to what we suspect will be a highly entertaining fight. You're already on the record earlier in this podcast is saying Jamel Charlo stops or knocks out Brian Castaño. And I believe he is highly motivated to have a spectacular win. We don't have under over odds uh, for the sports gambling podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We don't have an under over round uh, for this. I could see this venturing into like a ninth round, a 10th round and being a stoppage, but you believe he's going to get to Castaño much earlier, Marquise, Saturday night, San Antonio, Charlo? I really do, TJ. And it's one of those things with Castaño where it's like he's a volume puncher, but it's not a volume puncher that has like that knockout power per se, where he didn't knock out to share, but he threw like 2,000 punches at him. Him and Laura had a draw. <laughs> they had they, they threw about 2,000 punches as well. I mean, he, he's a volume guy. It's, it's great. But at the end of the day, TJ, it, it only takes one shot to get knocked out. And I just think Charlo just has that in him more than anything else. And it, he's kind of fighting, not, not the right, right Castaño off here, but it, it's, it's one of those things where I think just when, when Charlo was as motivated as I've seen him in, in these press conferences and these media calls with this, where it's like, I just think it's it, the only enemy in this fight isn't Castaño in the ring once the bell rings, it's going to be Charlo. And I really just think that's just the way this is going to be at this. And it's fun, TJ, also as well with this fight as a whole, where Truth be told, I'm glad we're getting this undisputed fight, TJ, but we wouldn't get this fight if it wasn't for Dennis Hogan because had we not had Jaime Munguia questionably get by Dennis Hogan a while back, he would still probably be at 154, and I don't think we see any of this. So it's, it's great that we have, we're having this fight nonetheless. All right, and again, uh, in this case for Castaño, 17-0-1, the draw uh, came with Landy Lara, as you mentioned, back in March of 2019. Mm-hmm. He has since won twice. Uh, after that, beating uh, Wale Omotoso, if I got the name right, That's uh, it. by stoppage. And then he beat Patrick Teixeira, upset Teixeira, and took the WBO World Championship back in February of this year puts him in front of Jamel Charlo who's 34 and one with big knockout power I know we talked about this before about his brother Jamal Charlo moving up to 160 uh, as he has and yes he is winning fights but the knockout power hasn't really translated but with Jamel Charlo it has still been there that he's been scoring stoppages you mentioned earlier in the podcast the stoppage of Jason Rosario in the unified title fight in July of uh of um this year or I'm sorry, in uh, September of last September year, last year. Yeah. that was a body shot KO fight before that. He stopped Tony Harrison in the rematch fight before that. He knocked out uh, Jorge, Cota Jorge Cota in the, yeah. in the non-title fight. So his power has continued to translate at 154. We'll see if that is the case. All right. Again, on the gambling odds, Charlo minus 300 right now. Castaño plus 240. The Charlo knockout by the way, is plus 200 for a, a knockout or a TKO win for Jamel Charlo. Are you interested in that for plus 200 uh, there for Jamel to get the, the, the KO Saturday night? 
from Rian CTJ, the only money to really be made is if Charlo gets a knockout in this. If this goes to the decision, everyone everyone goes home happy with five bucks. So I'm, I'm hoping for the knockout. <laughs> That's just the way it goes with all of this. <laughs> all right, undercard, what are we looking for? Again, on Showtime earlier in the evening, uh, the co-feature, Raleigh Romero, Anthony Yaget, uh, a lightweight showdown, a non-title lightweight showdown. Interest in that one from you? I am TJ. Uh, sign up for KOs. Rolly Romero went to this this, this final press conference today. TJ, uh, with the belt that he has for the w, w his WBA interim trinket version of a belt that he has. He he came in he came into the, the final <laughs> press conference with it. That's the only guy. It's hilarious. I'm looking forward to that. He and also uh, I mean I take the fires what they're worth. But he mentioned he, he's going for a first round knockout. I don't know if that's smart on his end to say that, but he went he said it nonetheless. Going to be kind of tough. Uh, uh, Anthony Viget, uh, not the not the most of known comp- uh, opponents, but he is a southpaw, and most fights usually with, that involve southpaws are a little more tougher than one round. So, and also on this card, a little earlier in the evening, it may or may not be part of the Showtime broadcast from PBC Saturday night in San Antonio. Uh, Amilcar Vidal, Emmanuel Emmanuel Alim, middleweights that will be fighting. And you're interested in Vidal in particular here to see how he looks. You're always interested in everybody, but you're particularly interested in how will Vidal look in this instance, right? Absolutely, TJ. No, Vidal's the prospect. He's been on a few show, some of these show box cards, TJ. They're finally promoting him to the championship pro, uh, television stage here, and he's going to open the show up against uh, uh, a guy who hasn't fought since the pandemic, TJ. So uh, this this all but sets up for a highlight reel knockout one way or another for Vidal. If, 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 if it's the same Vidal I saw in previous fights. Well, uh, you know, and again, we've got – different uh different fight cards in different parts of the country uh you know that are that are lesser some of them are now coming back in different places like iowa uh etc we mentioned in the northeast and philadelphia too this is the biggest card the only championship fight card worthwhile anywhere in the country and really in the world this weekend is this fight card jermel charlo and one more for the legacy status, because again, we love Winky Wright, who defended the undisputed championship against the likes of Felix Trinidad, yeah. Sugar Shane Mosley. De La Hoya has been a junior middleweight world champ, not undisputed, but Floyd Mayweather's had it. You go, you go back to Thomas Hearns and, and Ray Leonard having it, and Roberto Duran having a portion of the 154-pound title. There's some real legacy for Jamel Charlo and for Brian Castaño. He's a heavy underdog. There's some real legacy on the line here if you become four-belt world champion at 154. Absolutely, TJ. And but pretty much we mentioned last week how Charlo was talking about how he wanted to be part of this legacy and pretty much was trying to – you mentioned on the media calls doing going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, it, it, he's, he's, he's trying to get to that echelon. And obviously, obviously, TJ, with the names you just mentioned that with the four kings and Mayweather at 154 being undisputed, if Charlo or Castaño wins there, they're going to be in that conversation without a question. All right, we'll see if that is the case. Again, San Antonio's AT&T Center, how big will the crowd be? What kind of atmosphere will they be rocking uh, on some Charlo big punches early on in this fight? We will all find out uh, together on that. Uh, For now, that about wraps it up. Our thanks to Abe Gonzalez, NewYorkFights.com, for being with us. Always love the insight of Marquise Johns. Follow him at Weak Sauce Radio on Twitter. Um, and again, whether it's the preview mode, the recap mode, Marquise, we have it all right on the website on bigfightweekend.com. 
Absolutely, TJ. BigFightWeekend.com, your source for all boxing news, past, present, future. We'll keep an eye out this weekend on this uh, this Showtime card out of San Antonio. Thinking we'll see some fireworks one way or another, TJ. There better be fireworks. This, this is the only game in town this weekend. So we'll see how that plays out. And also, if anything else that comes along the way, I'm still waiting for that big fight announcement, TJ, from Eddie Hearn. Uh, we got the one fight announcement of uh, the uh, Warrington-Laura rematch, which has uh, right. Katie Taylor on the undercard facing... Uh, El Paso's own Jennifer Hahn, who hasn't fought in two years, and for but is the IBF mandatory opponent for so. But we'll keep an eye on all that stuff. But maybe we'll get bigger fight announcements, TJ, from Eddie Hearn. Hopefully next we week. We should we should make mention again while we wait for uh, you know the Wilder Fury is now delayed. We wait for Canelo's deal to get made for September. That we have now completed week six since we kept <laughs> hearing we'll ha- we will have an announcement next week on Joshua <laughs> Usyk. And is everybody going to start coming on board with all of us that you really shouldn't listen to anything Eddie Hearn says, especially about the long range future, because obviously they don't have a deal with Usyk that he wants or else they would have announced it by now. Uh, Six weeks and counting. And it doesn't count and it doesn't matter that he keeps and I keep saying it. He keeps saying September 25th, mate, September 25th. I say this every week on the podcast. He's saying that. Usyk's side is not saying that the fight is not official for the venue Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. You can't go buy tickets. It's not official yet. And we believe, as we wrap up the podcast here, it's because of the rematch clauses. And Usyk is more concerned probably with what happens when I win over Joshua. What am I obligated to? What am I going to make? Where can we have that fight? They haven't agreed. There's no official announcement. They have not agreed to that fight. And meanwhile, Anthony Joshua continues to play video games and uh, tweet about England in the Euro Cup soccer final with Italy and whatever else he's got going on while we wait for this. So And, and of course, TJ eating up a very spicy food on uh, hot ones on YouTube and all that fun stuff. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But, but We will but, have but, an announcement next week. Next week is week seven. Uh, uh, for Joshua Usyk to maybe happen or not. And Fury, again, we should make mention, Fury Wilder now set for October. Marquise believes in all likelihood it never happens. Even a, are you, What a downer. What, they got to strip him. They got to strip him. If, yeah. if this starts to progress and that's what it looks like happens, then Tyson Fury has done it again after the Klitschko win back five, six years ago where he went off the deep end and he lost all the belts because they just said, we got tired of waiting on you and you're stripped and you're gone and you're vacated. That's it. That's what you're going to have to do in this case. If he doesn't want to pony up and show up and be there for October, let him go fight whatever garbage fight, let him go fight Anthony Joshua. If they want to do that and, and fall, call it the undisputed championship. Yeah. Uh, even though he's not the, the WBC champion any longer. I don't know. So in any event, we've, we've done enough damage for now. We thank you for being with us. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Thank you to the Sports Gambling Podcast and uh, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, all of those guys with their network of shows, the sportsgamblingpodcast.com website for helping promote us. Subscribe away. We'll see what happens with Charlo and Castaño. We're writing about it this weekend in the recap mode, especially when it's done. And we're back next week for another edition of the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy Charlo Castaño. And read the website, bigfightweekend.com. Bye.